Well, it's a big hello to all of our listeners yet again, as uh, without even having to tell you, you know that wonderful little track of music that we selected several years ago now is, uh, is, time, is the intro to Two Smoking Guns uh, right here on uh, 88.3 Southern FM, Sounds of the Bayside, all good podcast platforms Around the world, Just as you reliably weird. inform me, having heard us in Italia. I did. Um, Ruzzi, hello to you. Hello, mate. Hello, hi. mate. Good. How are you? Superb. Nice to have you back. I'm going Superb. to talk to you about... Uh, I've been away again, Scotty. Well, I was going to say, I, I, uh, have you been to the chemist and got something for those itchy feet? <laughs> because <laughs> no. we, well, I can't pin you down for any longer than about two or three weeks, I don't reckon. Well, it's been a, it's a, been a good couple of months. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I think I go back to uh, Darwin. And then I think you went up to what you might have gone up to uh, Wangaratta or somewhere. Oh, no, well, Beechworth? I think no, you might have. We did you go to Beechworth? We haven't actually. Oh, we did Beechworth. Yeah, yeah. Did Beechworth. But we haven't done a lot since um, obviously we went to Italia. Yeah, Italia. Which was for uh, a very long time. Which was beautiful. <laughs> yes. And I've just spent a couple of weeks up in the Wit Sunday, yes, Scotty. Yes, you have. And I'm very envious about that because I, I've got that in my top three things that I've done because I'd never done it before Um, and you had a big cat the big eight birth cat we had had the eight the big cat the big cat yeah yeah. I I get not Clive Lloyd (laughs) different type of big cat (laughs) there's lots of big strange cats around but um, I tell you what fascinates me about that whole process is that that you just turn up You've got a booking. They don't know you from Jack. Yeah. And they hand you the keys to a three-quarters of a million-dollar catamaran yeah. that you're going to sail away on for the next seven days, not knowing what, anything about you, your state of mind, your know. principles, your whether you've got a bag full of Persians and you're just going to sail off to India or something it's or another a, part of the world. It's the only place in the world, not just in Australia, but in the world, yes. where you can hire a boat and take it out without a skipper license. Yeah, or a that's boat right. License. Yeah, it's quite extraordinary. It's isn't it? uh, it's amazing, and I don't. <laughs> no, well, I, I'm the same. But I remember getting up there, looking at this thing, going. Holy heck, what am I going to do with this? Twin screw diesel engines that you've sort of... Yeah, you know, yeah. you've got to back on some forwards. And then you just go, well, uh, you don't sail here. We're going to call you at four o'clock every day. We're going to put you on the uh, on the other side of the island from the wind. You're going to hook up to a boy in the middle of nowhere and then uh, get on it. <laughs> get on it. It's amazing. Oh, it's an incredible I've thing. done it a few times, but I've yep. never done it on a cat, and I've never done it. Oh, I, so I, I was with a couple of members of my family who were, who were equally, equally unprepared for the adventure. Oh, were they? Um, and a little bit apprehensive. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's understandable. But uh, right? we decided not to uh, not to attempt the sailing because we only had three of us on the boat. Yeah. It would have been a bit difficult. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Pulling ropes and doing. I had a big things. fellow with me when I went, and we did go under sail one day, yeah. but not for very long yeah. because so the wind we... picked up a bit, and she started to move around <laughs> a little bit more than the girls would have liked. But, but I had a, a, a. I was obviously the skipper. The skipper. More more Gilligan than skipper, <laughs> I would say. And um, obviously, I had a couple of people in the front picking up, dropping anchors, and picking up moorings. Yeah, and yeah. Well, that's what got, you do. They got quite adept at yeah, that. Yeah, that's what you do. That's you got to be careful good. with the uh, with the anchor. That's all. Yep. You might keep your fingies away. Yeah, and you just got to make sure you get your depth right. And yeah, your that's tide right. calculations correct. That's it. Otherwise, you, can't you, go, you really can't go too otherwise far. Otherwise, you can run aground. Big, well, I mean, the other thing is you can also go mayday, mayday, <laughs> <laughs> and somebody in a high speed speedboat will come. And rescue you. Well, the only real mayday, Scotty, up there, and yeah. the only real problem you ever have on a boat. Run out of grog. You run out of ice. <laughs> oh, yeah. And water. Oh, I had plenty you, of grog. And, and water if you're not careful. I had plenty of bottled water. Right. But you do run out of ice. So we've decided uh, for the boat uh, boaties out there. Yes. Um, you know how fridges have a system where they can make their own ice? Yes. We need one of those on a boat. Yeah, you do, don't you? Because ice is the biggest problem. Keeping beers cold and wine cold. Yep. When your fridges are full of food. Yep. To last a week. Yep. Is hard. Now, can I ask you this question? Because, um, and I went a number of years ago, back in the early two thousands, two thousand and four ish. So, you know, oh, back ago. when the Y two K bug. Was uh, still yeah, a well, thing. she was all back then. Um, and uh, my question to you is: Did your catamaran have solar panels? Yes, it did. It did. It did. And did what was the purpose of that? Was well, that just to it was keep a, batteries it was charged? a contribution to the 
batteries. Um, it has a generator. Yes. Obviously, a diesel. Yes. But the solar is there to uh, augment yeah. that power supply. Yeah, well, that makes sense. And they were very well it's on the back of the canopy. Yeah. So it gave right. you extra shade as well. Yeah, perfect. So it was perfect. Yeah, yeah nice. it's lovely. Well, I yeah. mean, there's, there's literally plug and play little systems you can take camping these days. You know, you just literally oh, set up on yeah. the ground and you can run a little fridge. Oh, it's a very good setup. You've got your display there, which you've got your, you know, your, your route tracker, your map tracker. Yep. Um, and you just, and you've got autopilot. Yes. Just press a button and, yeah. and yeah. just go yeah. two degrees that way, three degrees that way, and yeah. the boat sails itself. Yeah, away you go. And yeah. you just open another can. I, I'm... I'm not sure I had that back then. It's good. 18 years ago. So, uh, yeah, I don't... Because well, it means you can, no, when you're in open air, one and of you're, us. you're tracking a course, you can wander downstairs and yeah, do whatever no, you need. Yeah, no, I didn't... Um, no, I was on the Very wheel. Good, I was on the wheel the whole time. I reckon yeah. when we were actually moving. This, it's but, a relatively new concept. But we we broke it. We broke it up when we, we went in that. Uh, we actually went to eight islands in seven days. So we'd actually go yeah. to an island, yeah. pull up during the middle of the day, go onto the island, and you know have a toasted sandwich or something, or sit you know have a flop in their pool, and then jump back on the boat again. So, oh no, it's great. Yeah. I mean, you, you've got yeah, you've got a dinghy. Good, you can yeah. stop and. Take the dinghy out. And you don't that's, that's a whole nother thing. <laughs> the dinghy. <laughs> Day one of the dinghy. Oh, no. It, looks, it was like the Keystone oh. <laughs> But by day seven, we were, we, oh. were, we were relatively expert. Oh, very good. But it was all good. Very good. So I've got some fun facts about the Wit Sunday. Oh, I thought good. I'd share with the listeners. Well, because, not sure um, I've ever not every, a fun fact. Not everyone's been there. That's true. Obviously, they have been home to the Nagaro Aboriginal people for 8,000 years, and they used to get around fishing in their bark um, yep. canoes and canoes. stuff. Yep. Captain Cook was the white guy who arrived, Cookie. and uh, he <laughs> arrived there about 1770, yes. mapped the area. Yeah, right. And um, he named a an island, um, I think it was Pentecost Island, because it was the Pentecostal Time of the calendar, yes. Um, and he called it uh, the Whit Sundays, um, but he because he arrived there on Sunday, right? Right. Yes. Um, but he was one day off because he'd passed the international date line. So Whit uh, Mondays doesn't have the same ring. Doesn't quite. And what so, does the Whit stand for? Uh, the Whit is um, good question. Don't know. Okay. Don't know. It just goes with Sundays. Oh no, it is. It's white. It's it's, it like it's, the sand? it's white no white Sundays white Sundays white Sundays I think it was a religious reference or something like that okay three and a half million people what? go every year to the white oh, Sundays yeah, okay. yeah, yeah yeah yep that's a and, lot that's uh, a lot of people that's and it was people. busy it was busy was up it? there oh not not with a lot of boat craft but were, Hamo were, was were busy. there water police sort of <laughs> holding up nah, little no, lolly, no, no. lollipops <laughs> no 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 you can drink and sail it's all good. <laughs> I, I shouldn't <laughs> say that. I shouldn't say that. Um, Two thousand six hundred k's, the Great Barrier Reef. Yep, you know, big stretch. Yep, and there's um, about seventy four islands in the Wet Sundays. Are there really? Yes, quite a few. Yeah, okay. Uh, Whitehaven Beach, obviously very famous. Yeah, Betty's yeah. Beach is even better because that's is the tidal it? one up the north. That's yeah. very, very good. Yeah, right. Um, pure white silicon sa- silica sand, so it never gets hot. Yes. So you can walk on that yeah. in the middle of the day, yeah. boiling sun, it's, and it's the beautiful, sand is beautiful. Is beautiful. It is unbelievable. Beautiful. Yep. It's like a um, cloud. 70% National Park, as you would know. Yes. Um, yes there's a few resorts. Good. There's Hamo, Daydream, yep. Lindemann, a few. But, yep. you know, they're mainly... Um, I think that. we actually went and had dinner at one one night. Yeah. <laughs> we just came in from the dark on our tinny, oh. had dinner five course degustation, then went back on the boat. <laughs> nice work. <laughs> yeah, it was good. It's uh, like James Bond coming in from the dark with yes, a torch yes. out the front. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little bit of face paint. <laughs> Fifteen hundred people get married there every year. Ah, yeah, that, a popular spot for weddings. On uh, on Hamilton or sort of across? Well, uh, just probably a, a just proposals and Hayman, stuff. Hayman, I reckon they might have. Hayman, there'd have a few. There'd be a few yeah. in there. That burnt down, didn't it? Well, tornado. Oh, or the, was it? Or the, or the whatever you call them. Oh, got a big. <laughs> the hurricane tornado, whatever it was, <laughs> smashed br- it. A little bit of wind. Mm. Yeah, no, they've rebuilt yeah, it. Yeah, no. We sat out the front of that uh, on a boat lunch one day and yeah. just watched the watch the world go by. Yeah, it's yeah. lovely. Beautiful. It's very good. And um, June and September, we miss them, but it's the migration time for humpback whales. Ah, a lot of humpback just, whales. You've only just missed the whales. Around, but there yeah, is a lot. I went in August. There's a lot of yeah. turtles. Yeah, right. 
Um, I was sitting in the shallows up to my waist, just off Betty's Beach. Yeah. And uh, reef sharks. Hey. Straight past the legs. There we go. No problem. That's about a, a metre long. Uh, that's a bit, uh, a bit risky. I was sitting there and my son said, um, Dad, there's a shark in the water. I said, no, nah, it'd be a dolphin. Uh, he said, no, nah, it'd be a shark. Yeah, and they bite the And I turned sharks. around and went, yeah, it's a shark. Yeah, yeah. No, it's only a reefy, but. Yeah, but they, I'll give you a nip if mm. you smell the right currency. Yeah. <laughs> I said the other thing I found. Check, me, I didn't have any blood. Tell, tell me this: you had fishing rods and all that. No, your, we didn't bother with that. No, what I was going to say, I never felt any compulsion though, because no. you, know, you go snorkeling, you see those wonderful fish. Yeah, and you, you go catch them. Can't catch that. No, that's right. You know, anyway. so it's a beautiful spot, and um, it it's, gets its accolades for a good reason. Yeah. It's a wonderful, yeah. wonderful place. It's a it's an incredible sensation. I, I I'll never forget because I've never been on a boat that size uh, to, to do that. But I'd been out there for about two and a half days, and I felt as though I'd been on holidays for two weeks oh, after yeah. two and a half days. Well, the, the, the I don't know what it was. Once you get on the uh, eastern side of Whitsunday Island, yes. you lose mobile phone coverage. Yeah. You have none. Yeah. I sent you a text for your birthday, I think. I yeah, well, I've got back. none of that. You didn't get it. No, 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 that's, I that's, saw it bounce back. For those who are <laughs> addicted to screens... Yeah. Um, and I thought my son might struggle, but he really embraced it and loved it. Oh, it would have been magic. And it forces you, you off your screens and you're just taking in nature and, yep. you know, swimming and snorkeling and Other than sitting in the sun. Anything goes wrong in the world with loved ones that can't yeah, reach you. Yeah, sure. I mean, but they, yeah, they can reach you through the, well, they can reach you through the back through shortwave radio. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. 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 So yeah. it's not a drama. Yeah. But uh, it was, it's, it's good for that reason too because it's, yep. a, it's a technology detox. Yes, uh, so much so that um, we had a storm one night, a couple of great storms, lightning storms, wow. thunderstorms at wow. night. And um, I had my laptop and it got water on it, so it's fried. Oh, no. Yes. Really? So I've spent all day today. Oh. I went very early this morning to the Apple shop and they oh. said, no, that's kaput. Oh, no. So they've taken the motherboard out of it. Oh, strike. And I'm sending it off to some place to uh, have a look at. Oh, and I've no. spent all day. Reconfiguring my new oh, computer, oh no. which is a—it's pretty easy, but right. it's a pain. Yeah, yeah, I can't imagine it's just because you forget your passwords USB to everything. Oh my god, <laughs> that is just a complete head destroyer. That's all I've I'll done. Be today. careful how I say that. Oh, absolutely, the head destroyer. Yes. Well, I did swear several <laughs> times today. That's when they become a frisbee. <laughs> Oh, oh, no. So my old computer is is actually now a boat anchor. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I remember I leant over the boat one day and uh, I just bought a new pair of sunnies that weren't cheap, and they went they went over. They were done and down. Yes. Uh, no way! I went in and got him. <laughs> I was over the edge, down the, and I came out like Excalibur. I had them in my hand as I was coming up to the surface. There was a great roar. Had someone managed to stop the boat? I don't know how I found them. Like, you know, because you can imagine with sort of currents and whatnot, oh, they, yeah. they wouldn't just go straight down. They no. sort of go flop away. And I've gone. Okay, I've only got so much lung capacity. <laughs> I got one shot at this, <laughs> and I thought I'm going. Cut my feet to the left because I reckon the water might have been. Sure enough, there they were. There you go. Got them back. Nice work. Excalibur glasses. Nice work. <laughs> Very cute. Oh. So that's what I've well, been up to. Great, and of course, mate, uh, prior to that, of course. A um, magic part of the world. I had a little party for my big birthday. You did, and that was amazing. And I, you attended? Yes, I did. Yeah, Several I could, other I could, reprobates. I couldn't walk the next day. <laughs> and I got a bit of a dodgy foot, and i got to tell you. I, in fact, I couldn't even go to work on Monday. It was that bad. I actually had to work from home because I couldn't put my foot on the Accelerate all the break. Um, anyway, that's another story for another day. But uh, no, that was tremendous fun, um, and saw a whole lot of reprobates that uh, that we'd gone to school with, in, you know, a few years ago, uh, back in the day. Yes. And uh, no, it was a great turn, old son, uh, and a and a fitting way to uh, mark a, a a milestone birthday. An auspicious say. occasion. Auspicious occasion. <laughs> exactly. Now I was just saying to you before we sort of started today. Uh, I I had six newspapers, and I you know because that's that's the research bit that we do. We just find something and go, "Yep, I'm going to talk about that." I had six newspapers, and in front of me are seven, six articles. One of them's a joke. One of them's an odd spot, 
and one of them's about maggots. <laughs> <laughs> so outside of the rest of that, there is that much doom and gloom is in it? those papers. Well, I've been away, so oh, I haven't, mate, re- but I haven't just, read a paper. I just the pattern's been like it for, I reckon, it was probably the last couple of years. But, you know, kidnapping, the war, the you know what the prices of, of, of petrol and electricity and what that's going to do. And it was just, I thought, I'm going to have to go abroad <laughs> to, yeah. with my research. Well, there is one paper I did read. It was the Mackay Times. Oh, the Mackay it was one Times. of the free papers they have up there. Oh. It's full of advertising of the local um, yes. accommodation thing. But they had their uh, tourism awards. Oh, nice. So there were several articles about, you know, they people patting each other on the back for running a good, one and good restaurants bars and, and bars and, yeah, and nice. resorts. Yeah, nice. And, you know, then there was a little bit of – I love the sports section in regional papers. Because <laughs> Bowls? Lots of bowls. Lots of bowls, I would have thought. The under-15 athletics championships. Ah. You know, so none of this war in Ukraine stuff. Ah. It's all local they, they stuff. Don't, they don't bother with it. Don't give a toss-up no, there no. about it's any going, world events. We are so far away <laughs> from all that tish <laughs> yeah, that right. we don't need to read it to bring yeah. ourselves down. Correct. The sun's out. I'm going for a swim. I'm coming back and having my fruit and toast for brekkie. And what else could there be <laughs> And <laughs> to have a great day? It's actually a very good philosophy to live oh, by, I reckon. I'll tell you what. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, it is. So, um, yep. all right, what we'll do is we'll take a little break. All right. And then I want you to come back and tell me about maggots. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> ah, maggots. maggots. So we're back. Yeah, tell me about so, maggots, mate. Well, <laughs> when you read a headline that says maggot therapy surges... <laughs> Well, what are, are maggots like leeches? Well, they sort of are. Um, so this is all medical-based, right? Um, because they are incredibly helpful in the medical world. Right. Um, uh, so uh, what I was going to share with you was um, uh, the, there's a book. Uh, one of my favourite authors is uh, Patricia Cornwall. And she I've writes heard of these her. mysteries and yes. murders, and but she there's one particular book that um, Patricia writes, and it's called The Body Farm. Um, and it's it's an actual place, so you might want to go and look it up at some the stage. Body farm, yeah. So what they do is that they uh, families that are happy for their uh, loved ones that are deceased to be used in science and, right. and medicine, medical research, medical research. They actually take these bodies to this island mm-hmm. and they leave them out, right, with no anything on them. Mm. But what they do, they work out how long they take to decompose. Okay. And how long, and what certain animals do to them, and how quickly that happens. And that all goes back into their research for when they do forensic science and they go, this body's been lying in this paddock for 17 days and three hours and 48 minutes. They've got a reference point. (laughs) Because they've actually got all of these reference points. So, a little bit like that. Uh, maggot therapy, uh, ma- maggot therapy at Britain's national health services has surged by almost fifty percent as the treatment becomes a key tool in the fight against antibiotic resistance. Ah, so this was pretty interesting, right? Okay. Data from uh, NHS Digital showed the number of treatments given in England increased from eight hundred eighty-six in oh eight oh nine to thirteen hundred a decade later in eighteen nineteen. Uh, that's not the year 1819, that's 2018 and 2019, <laughs> right. just to clarify that. Um, it's an old piece of modern, research, otherwise. Exactly. Um, modern use of medical, they're medical maggots. So they're M&M's. <laughs> oh, M&M's. M&M's, medical maggots. Dates to World War One when a surgeon discovered soldiers' wounds healed faster when they were colonised by maggots. So lots of them. Yeah. Um, well, they, well, how would they operate? They would congeal. So, or so what they what they do, I guess, the bleeding, is I guess. that yes, they might add to whatever they do. So, um, it, yeah. So, a, a soldier's wounds healed faster when they were colonised by maggots, but use of the treatment dwindled in the forties with the rise of antibiotics. So uh-huh. they went, well, we don't need those squirmy little things no, anymore. No, we can we've just got pop a bit of medicine. tablet. Right. However. The rise of the antibiotic resistance, making wounds harder to treat, has forced medics to return to the traditional method. So we've got, we've now got used to all these oh, medicines, so and we're sort of bu- building up an immune system right. where they're actually not as effective as they used to be. So bring on the maggots. So research has shown that maggot therapy is effective in treating um, hard to heal skin wounds, while other studies have shown it is um, a cost-effective method. So obviously, much cheaper to. 
We just go maggots. to the, where would you go and get them well, from the local farm. aquarium? Yeah, no, maggot farm. Maggot farm. Yeah, that might be a new venture. We're not a maggot farm. Invest in maggots and bees. Next to the wind farm. <laughs> Next to the wind farm. Uh, maggot therapy was accepted uh, for use by the NHS in 2004 by Mond in Bridgend, South Wales, which rears thousands of green bottle blowflies every year, sells 9,000 tea bag style bio bags. <laughs> This is great. Full of larvae to the NHS every year to treat wounds that will not heal with antibiotics or as a last resort in a patient's treatment, the tea bag of larvae, which is no bigger than one millimetre, is placed on top of the open tissue, covered with a dressing and left for up to four days. The maggots feed on the dead tissue and secrete the antimicrobial molecules that disinfect the wound. That that again, I can give you that again. (laughs) Antimicrobial... <laughs> Molecules. <laughs> it's split. Over. That was split over two lines. That's what's completely thrown me. Not the um, antimicrobial, but the uh, but the molecules. <laughs> that one I'm having trouble with these new teeth. Um, uh, Yamni Nigam, professor of healthcare science at Swansea University, told the BBC. The BBC. Sorry told BBC Radio 4 (laughs) today program uh, then they drink all the slurry and soup back up through the bag and then you remove the bag full of all the process of the wound so it just takes all the crap away and helps the wound heal they're marvellous creatures, so, maggots. So I can, can imagine that we're going to see lots more of these maggot farms as opposed to people in white coats in uh, scientific offices or medical suites. Or Better get whatever. on that, then. Anyway, next thing you know, they'll be serving it up at a restaurant somewhere saying it'll cure something else. Who knows? Well, um, <laughs> by way of a segue. Yeah. <laughs> a oh. segue to maggots? Maggots to mullets. Oh, mullets, yeah. yes. Well, now we've got the three M's. So I wanted to uh, I wanted to just give you a bit of uh, bit of this, just as an introduction. Business in the front, party in the back. Kentucky waterfall, Mississippi mud flat. That denim down hiller, Tennessee top hat. Missouri compromise, I got that shorty long back. It can be smaller or bigger, I ain't a stickler. It ranges from mini mullets to Florida Georgia spine ticklers. I always let it dangle, no, I don't let it tangle. So baby, if you're single, come and get a better angle. If you're sexy and you know it, run your fingers through it, pull it. Yeah, you know you can't control it, shake that ass and shake that mullet. If you're sexy and you know it. So there's a little bit of a if song you've never heard you before. Know it, run your fingers through, through my mullet. Yes. <laughs> it's uh, you want to look that up, oh, just, uh, just go to YouTube and Google the mullet song. The mullet song. The mullet song. Right, I'll do and that. And so the reason I play that yes. is because um, while I was away, there was the uh, the final of the uh, the US Mullet Championships. I reckon I might have seen This that. is uh, quite a... Quite a major event over in the US, and especially pres- in the southern states. And prestigious. Yes. <laughs> so, um, the there's a website too that I want you to go and have a look at, listeners. Is there a committee? Um, mulletchamp.com. <laughs> and on the opening page of that, you'll find all the finalists for oh. this year's prize. There's 25 of them. And so there's some of the finest mullets you've ever seen. I tell you what, I bet you the, I bet you what goes with that is some of the finest names as well. Yes. There'll be Bobby Joe. There's a lot of Dwayne, Bobby Joe's, and oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I want the names and, of these mullets. And if you owners. go, and, well, not only that. Oh, gold. They've actually named their mullets. Oh, have they? The style of mullets. No way. Yeah, so go and have a look at that. Yeah, right. Because there's also a teens section. And a kids section, and you want to see some of the kids' mullets. Oh God! So in the team section, is it the teens? No, teenagers. Oh, teens! I thought you meant teams. T E A. Because then I'm thinking they're going to measure them, add them up. Four point two kilometres for team mullet number one. It's not a bad idea. You should suggest it. Teens mullets. Oh gosh, here we go. so um, the winner was announced. Uh, the, I, I won't spoil it for you, but 
uh, Scott Salvador was last leading. Uh, he's from Stillwater, New, New Jersey. Of course he is. Um, he'd taken the lead in what they call the main event. <laughs> oh, dear me. He refers to his mallet as the Lord's Drapes. The Lord's Drapes. Yes. Right. He's been growing and maintaining it for the past four and a half years, and he's uh, one of the 25 finalists. Vying for the glorious America's Best Mullet title and a $2,500 prize, presumably to be used at a barber shop. Right. So there's a kids section and, uh, as I said, a teenager section. And um, if the US Mullet Championships calls itself the nation's official mullet ranking authority, Scotty. <laughs> Of course it does. What else would it be called? <laughs> so all the entry fees are donated to a stop soldier suicide, which yep. is a good cause. Yep. But uh, that uh, that did tickle my fancy, and I know radio is not a visual sport. So listeners, uh, go and have a look at mulletchamp.com. And if you don't have a chortle, oh, really? I will go even oh, tiggy because there's a very there's some very funny ones there. Did anybody? On the day, do the unthinkable. What's that? Cut their mullet off. No. And I, donate it to charity. I don't know. I haven't read into it that no, far. No, I just no. crossed my desk. Right. And uh, <laughs> I was curious. I'd like to know what desk you're at that that came across. <laughs> that I'm disappointed to find out there's no Australian version. Is there not? Of the mullet championships. Oh, dude, well, you got you got a whole one just in the AFL alone. You, I was going you? to say. <laughs> haven't, they, haven't they done one with uh, with all the mullet boys uh, that s- we've got these days? Well, there yeah, are Bailey a Smith few. And, yes, there are and, a few. Uh, who's, the big, who's the big fella from the Dons? He's, he's got... He's go down to a better yeah, Draper, place. Yeah. yeah, and I Draper. saw a couple when I was in the islands. Yes, I saw a couple of uh, groups of lads that looked like they were on football uh-huh. end of seasons. Yes, they were, and they, they were, were mullet. They were sure. mulleted up. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's a given. I tell you what, you've only got to go to uh, some local junior footy these days. I'm talking junior, like under ten. Yeah, yeah, that's Mate, what I'm They're all there. It's all the rage. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. There, there's. Uh, there's the Dusties and the <laughs> yeah, they're all oh, mate, they're all there. So uh, stand by because because oh. uh, you know we we reach a huge audience, of course, and there'll be somebody out there who, oh. now, who now runs with that. Oh, a bit like years ago, I should have uh, patented the um, air guitar championships, which I still well regret not well, doing. Maybe maybe what they can do because we've got a Facebook page. Yeah. So if somebody is listening and you've got. A mullet that you're pretty proud of. Take, it, take get, a happy snap. Get it on the socials. And get it on the socials with us and uh, send it to us because um, if we're half impressed, we'll get you on. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, we'll interview you. Yes. Yeah. About your mullet. About your mullet. You know, so it's how, like, you know how they grow a mo for Movember? Yes, that's which right. Which is on now? Yes. They could grow a mullet for maybe October. Is or it a mullet for Mullet's Day? Mullet for May or something. Like mullet that. May. Mullet May. Yeah. No, that's got a bit of a ring. Hey, to um, it, I want to play your song. Yes, because uh, this this dropped to use the this dropped this, this oh, dropped to use the vernac to use the vernac. <laughs> this album dropped um, a couple of weeks ago, just before I went away. It's by one of my favourite bands called the Silver Sun Pickups, and I wanted to play your song. See what you think, Scotty. Okay. Hit me.
Hey, Scotty. Right. That was uh, Empty Nest by the Silver Sun Pickups off their latest album. Right. Physical Thrills. Okay. Uh, so there you go. Yeah. It's a band I've liked for some time, and All I right. just thought I'd share that with you. Uh, moving right along. <laughs> 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 no, um, not a bad little tune. Probably not my speed. No. Um, uh, but certainly respect the fact that it, uh, uh, that you like it, and, and good on you. Good on me. Good on you. Well, that's, sir. A, that's a glowing review from you. <laughs> so, yet again, I've done it. <laughs> anyway. That's why we love you. All right. Well, because... like on the other side of a little break, okay. Um, we've got a few things to talk about. Oh, right? mate, can I talk to you? Someone's had a really good swing. At fashion at this oh, year's Melbourne Cup. Well, I, yes, I did see Carnival. a bit of a cup. Um, so let's uh, let's hook into that after this, right shall on. we? Yes. So I did um, <laughs> when I was up, up on Hamo. Hamo. Uh, yes. I did uh, take in the cup, and it was a rather damp affair. Yes. <laughs> judging by very, the punters, very damp affair. Um, and for the uh, last day. Well, I was uh, sort of. Uh, in my shorts, and I just <laughs> ducked down to the pool and uh, between races, have a bit of a swim. Lovely. Grab another beer. Or Lovely. G and Did you watch the races on the TV? Well, I actually won uh, the first few. Yeah, nice. And then didn't do much. Yeah. Because uh, the cup, of course, was, I thought, a good run, but a bit of an outsider. And then I came, I got home late at the get-outs at Randwick. Yeah, right. So I ended up ahead okay. on the day. And uh, spent it subsequently on the yes. last couple of days. But right. that's okay. That's, that's right. That's putting. That's just reinvesting that's just, into the industry. That's just gambling irresponsibly. That's right. So um, the fashions, though, I did. Yeah. Uh, I did see. Wow. I did see some. It was a bit blowy and wet, wasn't it? Yes. Well, <laughs> bit of mud. It's. It, it wasn't uh, necessarily the temperature or the rain or the mud that somebody has taken uh, umbrage. Uh, against right, um, so there's a lady by the name of Nina O'Brien. Nina, Nina, not she, not not of Luft Balloons uh, fame, uh, not quite. But she's the wife of the Melbourne Cup uh, winning trainer Danny O'Brien. Oh yes, yes, yes. So yes, uh, yes. anyway, um, Nina was out at the birdcage, and uh, she's taken the biggest one wood you could ever find and <laughs> oh, teed really? off like you can't imagine. Who she uh, teed off? So at? so this little segment's called. Hang on to your fascinator. <laughs> you like yeah, that? Very good. So here we go. Nina O'Brien uh, was voicing the opinion of many when she queried some of the more uh, <clears throat> racy racewear on the show and stylist dressing talent in barely their ensembles. So anyway, like short skirts and I thought it was part of, part of the course really <laughs> these days. I thought anyway. <laughs> I have to be really careful here because she has not held back. Right. Tiptoe around it. Uh, well, I'm sure I can use the first one. Not sh- The second one's in print, but it's probably not uh, appropriate. Turns out you can show off your cleavage. Yes. And nearly your other parts, uh, as long as your midriff isn't showing. So that'll leave <laughs> right. much of the imagination, right? Right. Um, <sighs> extraordinary. 
she posted asking followers whether dress codes ought to be enforced. Oh. Right? One said they felt many guests looked like strippers. Right. <laughs> with, maybe, um, maybe they were. With boobs uh, squeezed. This, this is in print. Yes. Uh, right? I'm just reading the article. Uh, Cole. Just we're, a fam- we're a family show. Family show. <laughs> Boob warning. Um, with boobs squeezed into tiny outfits, saying stylists need to be accountable for dressing their clients like cheap porn stars. <laughs> so she has really she taken... one more. She has really teed off. Um, someone who knows uh, real racewear is royal milliner Stephen Jones, who was a delight to all he met at the Cup Carnival. A god among milliners, Jones a is for god among milliners. A god among milliners, <laughs> apparently. Jones has forged many relationships with our homegrown designers, such as Kim Fletcher. Um, uh, Jones' last appearance uh, in Melbourne was to wear one of Fletcher's hats to Friday night's Millinery Association cocktail party. Jones came with an, uh, an excess of luggage. Uh, his inspired creations worn by Melissa Long, and there's a picture of her, um, but we're not a visual medium. And the hat, uh, sorry, the hat sisters, the heart sisters. The hat sisters, <laughs> that's highly appropriate. Uh, among others, being carefully wrapped on Friday and back in the trunk to fly out this weekend. So he brings uh, hats so, out. Yeah, yeah, so he's the... Uh, he's the hat guy. He's, he's Captain Fascinator. Captain Fascination. <laughs> so talk about turning heads, and who doesn't love... A fash clash. <laughs> How good is this? Seriously. Um, the Mossman dress has been replaced, has replaced last year's Mossman suit. I didn't know there was a Mossman suit last year. No, I didn't know that. Anyway. Um, uh, and then Jamie Cowan, Amanda Ross, uh, wore this particular dress to uh, Oaks Day Ladies Luncheon, which then inspired others to do the same. So um, she reckons there's just a bunch of porn stars now that go to the races, um, showing way too much of everything. Uh, from head to toe, literally. Um, so take note, girls. Um, anyway, what I'm I did not s- quite sure there's that many that uh, are, are on her side. No, I don't probably know. not. But I did uh, see sure. some pictures of oh, the yeah. aftermath. Oh, yeah, it's ugly. And it uh, was a particularly fetching picture of a young lass riding a, a wheelie bin. A wheelie bin, yes. <laughs> yes. And I thought... When I looked at that picture, I thought, your mother must be so proud. Oh, so proud. Uh, and then there was the young chap who uh, decided he'd be Superman, and he just took a long run up and then just slid across the grass. <laughs> Arms out for it. In the mud. He, yeah, and he's, uh, and he's suit pants on, no top. Yeah. And um, I think apparently it was uh, 32.4 metres. Right. <laughs> a new record for the new, track. A new record. <laughs> His sectionals were unbelievable. His sectionals were unbelievable. Good in the wet. <laughs> he's very good in the he's wet. Very good at a Handles soft the six. wet. Well, yes. <laughs> no, oh, not dear. written upside down, but face first. No. <laughs> well, look, uh, congratulations for them because they got some good crowds along to the races. Yes, yeah, they did. Terrific. They had a uh, they wheeled the Channel Ten managed to wheel in uh, Mr. McGuire, and uh, apparently that is it, didn't. Is he quite affected go. to the, the Ten? No, I think he's just very good at negotiating contracts, whereby he can just dance across Do multiple ed- multiple networks, he's whatever, multi- he, whatever he he's feels a multimedia like. man. Well, he's, you know, Fox and Nine and, you know, Triple M and, well, not anymore, but anyway, there we go. He was front and centre. Uh, he's very good, though. I mean, like him loathing he's a natural. or otherwise, he's, he's a, natural. a very, very good MC. Natural. So, um, having just stuff. come off Lindsay Fox's um, mega yacht that he hired for uh, his 85th birthday. Where, where yeah, he I saw that, MC. and uh, that was the genesis of the changes at our football club. I think so. There's been an overhaul there. I think they call that. There's been a fair uh, sweeping of the uh, of the hall. The, the broom, uh, the broom yeah, has the, come the out. The broom has come out. The the decks have been cleared. Yeah. Yes, you could say that. A, they're, they're assembling a fairly good off yeah, field yeah, coaching. Well, group. I was going to say, you're happy with the, the latest recruits. I well, mean, I we've am, now I'm, got I'm, this, we've got I'm actually hoping Lenny and Goddard can play. <laughs> <laughs> That's our only hope. You're right. <laughs> they're going to trade them in darkness. For those that don't know, the St Kilda Football Club have uh, gone and done it again. <laughs> oops, oops, I did it again. Yeah, oops, I did it New again. New coach and whatever, but anyway. We'll, uh, we'll, what, the proof will be in the pudding. I was going to say, there's that song about Alice, and I thought maybe there's a similar one about Lion. Lion, <laughs> Lion, who the heck is Lion? <laughs> Uh, what have you got for Oh, me? look, I've got a little one here. A little one? There's an, this an English concert pianist called Paul Lewis. Yes. And um, 
he had to cancel the show for seagull reasons. Do you know seagull. what they? Would you know what that might be? Um, for tishing on people? Well, no, he he had a swooping oh swooping, swooping seagull. Oh, struck him on the head as he walked to rehearsal. Oh, he ducked and ran and lost his balance. Put his hand out and broke his hand, and oh. he's a concert pianist. Oh, well, that probably doesn't all so, go well. So uh, he's on. He's out. He's out. He's out. Yes. Seagull. No seagulls swooped you. I, I knew magpies. He's probably carrying a. He's probably carrying a baguette or something. Well, I don't know. He had a bag of hot chips, and <laughs> so they should have swooped you. <laughs> chips. Uh, <sighs> and there's a lovely little one here about uh, the Alberta government has asked people to stop flushing their pet fish down the toilet yes. because they're discovering monster goldfish the size of dinner plates in no. ponds in Western no. Canada. Yes. Oh, so they uh, so they cark it, they get the right... No, no, well, they just try them. Oh, they just flush them. They're sick of them. Or oh, whatever, right, okay. Because they get very costly to keep goldfish. Right. So clearly there's a new food that you should be feeding your fish. So <laughs> they flush them, they end up in these uh, ponds... In Western Canada, and they grow. Oh my! That monster goldfish, because they're feeding on all sorts of stuff. And That's fishermen, terrible. fishermen have been pulling them out of the lake, going, "I don't recognise oh, this species." My God, huge really? orange things. Is that right? Yeah, it's, it's a bit like those Japanese big goldfish. That they're you're worried that they're getting so big, they're a threat to native species. Is that right? Yes. God, so imagine, and then imagine if they also grew teeth like piranhas. They'd just, be, they'd just eat everything on the, the good planet. News, the good news is they wander around and they forget every 30 seconds where they've been. <laughs> You'd, we're going to need a bigger tank. We're going to need a bigger, bigger bowl. <laughs> hey, oh, how, about, how about this one? Yeah. So things that are a little bit left to centre and out there. There's an undertaker who aims to introduce a bicycle hearse. <laughs> A, b- a bike hearse. A bike hearse that would bring green funerals well, to party. That's right. Is he a, an ex-Deliveroo driver or something uh, like that? Try Isabel for a start. Oh, she. Yes. Sorry, Isabel. Isabel Plumerol. I think I've done that beautifully. Yeah, has, think you butchered that? Uh, no. Oh, I think I've done it to a T. Um, has already cycled around the city on her hearse with pedal power at the back and the container for the coffin at the front. Oh, so it's, uh, oh, it's so like she sits behind the coffin, and the coffin's out in front of her. Yeah, and off she goes. Fair enough. She says Paris's bicycle culture, which it is, yeah, um, is celebrated as soft mobility. Well, a concept that is perfect for when a loved one is being taken to their final resting well, place. Well, I think that's appropriate for people who are into that sort of. Um, well. I you mean, know. I mean the Queen, God love her. I mean, she had a horse and carriage for a bit. Well, it's just, and then, just like you that. Know, and then into the back of the Jag, and then you know that runs pretty smoothly. But I don't know. I, I hope she doesn't have to pedal too far to get to where she needs or, to get to on or, a warm day. Well, I hope she doesn't have to go uphill. <laughs> Or uphill, or downhill, or downhill. Yeah, there's some of those streets. I've just, I've just got Benny Hill music. Oh, in <laughs> Could you imagine Could if you one? Of, imagine? I mean, imagine if the coffin itself in front of her detaches from the bike. Oh, it's no, got its own. It's got its own. It's got its own wheels. This is, yes, and there it is, there it going is. down the Champs Elysees, <laughs> quicker than Lewis Hamilton. <laughs> Oh, I'll tell you what, Alta. Um, <laughs> we're, we're the king of dad jokes on uh, on this program. Uh, this, one, this one did uh, catch – this one caught my eye. I thought it was pretty good. Uh, I bought a bottle of Jack Daniels just, and I attached it to the water carrier on my bike. What have you got been here, love you? <laughs> <laughs> now, I want to see that as a skit. I want to see all the people coming out of the church running after this hearse going down the shops. With the little bald guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah, exactly. There you go. So. <laughs> right. Where I, were we? I bu- <laughs> Derailed. Uh, I bought a bottle of Jack Daniels Rats. Did you? Yep. And I attached it to the water carrier on my bike. You yes. know, you know yes. a little water carrier, yeah. I put it in there. Um, and as I was about to leave, the, this thought came to me. That if I fell off my bike on the way home, 
the bottle might break. Yeah. So that's not good. No. So I drank all the Jack Daniels before I rode home. Yeah, it's good. Right? It turned out that that was a really good decision <laughs> because I fell off my bike seven times on the way home. <laughs> Very good, mate. Yeah, Very good. Just to keep it light and bright, you know. Well, look, I've got another Guinness Book of Record for you. Uh, you know how we're on the lookout for the for listeners. something to do. For something to do. <laughs> that we can actually... Listeners would appreciate that Scotty and I are, uh, at some point are going to attempt a Guinness Book of Records. We're just finding the right one. Brendan Favola's just done one recently. By catching a football dropped from the highest point, it got dropped out of a hot air balloon at something like 300 metres high. That. Saw that. I reckon he's in the Guinness Book of Records for catching that's the a sort ball. Of thing. Yeah, that's the sort of thing. But anything that doesn't involve catching or running. <laughs> well, here's one for you. I think eating's our go. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> Fair chance. Um, this is the Brazilian man who's broken the eye-popping record. Oh, no. Yes. Sydney de Cavallo Mesquita has broken the Guinness world record for the furthest eyeball pop by protruding protruding his eyeballs 18.2 millimetres beyond his sockets. What? Yeah. How does he do that? You should see a picture of it. Oh, no, I don't it's think I want to. It's not good. No, I reckon it looked like he copped a, he's got a golf ball in his eye. Uh, he discovered his unique talent at the age of nine when he enjoyed <laughs> making silly faces in front of the mirror. Oh, my God. He realised that his eyes could pop out a lot further than his friend's and he couldn't help but show his talent. Oh, please. His parents were concerned he might have a disease, <laughs> but it turned out that Sydney simply has a condition called globe luxation, which right. does not impact his health. So right. he's able to protrude his eyeballs out voluntarily outside of his eye sockets. In, what, in what's only described as an eye-popping stunt. eye-popping <laughs> stunt. It's got Marty Feldman all over that, isn't it? Mate, one day... So, how, does it say how he actually manages it? Does he take it a big gasp of air or does he fill oh, his he body with just, gas or something? T- takes a big deep breath and goes, pop! Mate, one day they're going to come out, they're going to land on a tee, they're going to be 240 <laughs> metres down, the first at Brighton, <laughs> if he's not careful. <laughs> so, not, not, we're not going oh, for that one? Mate, can no. you imagine? It'd be scary, what, wouldn't uh, it? What would that do to your eye? The I pressure. Know, the, I mean, your eyes are very, very delicate things. The pressure and, on your retina. Uh, well, and you don't need to do that to put pressure pressure on your retina. No. Oh, silly boy. Anyway. Anyway. Oh, well, maybe not that Gu- one then. So I'll, he's in I'll, the Guinness Book of Records. Yeah, I'll keep looking, Scotty. All right. I'll keep well, looking. So, have we got time to do just a touch more? We've got a little bit of time, All right. yes. Because I'm going to read you this, and I think you'll you'll be flabbergasted. Flabbergasted? Yeah, because um, now there's uh, something has crept into the all-time ranking the top ten causes of deaths in Australia. Oh, yes. Good. I think I know. Have a crack. I think number one. Yeah, you've only... It doesn't... You, oh, we'll go for it. Oh, oh, <clears throat> I think it's uh, dementia. Okay. <clears throat> so, this is not... Well, arguably, you can potentially say... Is this that, death by misadventure? Yeah, or, this oh, is death by misadventure. Right, not not right. natural cause. No, right. but... Oh, we'll go far away. But that then. being said... Um, Far away. Do you, do you, Shooting. Do you remember? Do you remember the <laughs> ten paces? <laughs> Turn fire. Um, do you remember the song many years ago? The the slogan or little um, campaign that they created. I reckon it's probably a decade ago. Dumb ways to die. Yeah, like the Darwin um, Awards. Yeah, it was about r- r- robot. Anyway, I know we, we're probably going to be cold a little bit short, um, mate. This is all about taking selfies. Oh, you're kidding? Yeah, no. So. New data from Australian Bureau of Stats, 3,747 people died as a result of falls last year, right? <laughs> yeah. An average of 10 people per day. Now, this yeah. is a, a, a montage of different falls, yeah. though, right? So the starting rate was about triple the number uh, – sorry, the, the starting rate – the startling rate <laughs> was three times the amount of people killed by COVID. Um, I'll be quick. But older people, clearly, um, but included 20 people who died after accidentally falling from cliffs, 34 fell from buildings or structures, and five who fell while skating, skiing, or skateboarding. Uh, last year marked the highest number of fatal cliff falls since the data began in 2012. Uh, they're saying people under 25, neuroscience says the brains aren't fully formed. 
Um, and the other big one was elderly people falling out of bed and then having complications as a result of falling out of bed. So but, uh, the answer yeah, to that is... But there was that one, I think... Don't this, take selfies. This poor um, Indian lady who, I think, if memory serves, went to Hall's Gap... Oh, yeah, climbed and out. ...climbed out and hustled the vista, baby. She, don't be doing that. Anyway, don't do that. Two smoking guns. You've listened to it again. Thanks for being <laughs> with us. Got to be quick. See you next week. 